Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is Sex After Baby. And everyone has been looking forward to this conversation. Luckily, we have a certified sex therapist and licensed clinical social worker here to guide us and keep us from going completely off the rails. It's such an important topic for moms, for couples, and for families. Sexuality, communication, self-care, body image, and everything else that has to do with emotional health and well-being. I'm happy to welcome Rebecca Ginder, who has a clinical practice here in Delray Beach and is also a mom in our Lovable Baby class along with the two other mom guests here today, Jen Jacobs and Ashley Lou Winter. Let's get started, Rebecca. When we heard you were a sex therapist, the entire class immediately wanted to stop and talk about the topic. But it's a topic that still feels really difficult to talk about as openly as all the zillions of other topics that we talk about with parents. So what's one thing that you want parents to know about sex after baby? And what do you know now differently since having a baby? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. And yeah, you're absolutely right. People, when I say I'm a certified sex therapist, they suddenly, their faces brighten up and they have a million questions. Now sex after baby is a whole other thing. There are so many things that I would want uh, new parents to know. First of all, communication, communication, communication. A woman's body is turned upside down, inside out, upside down. I've heard people say, I'm like a hamburger down there. Or some people have... That's so good. That's so good. Um, It's very rare that that someone says, oh, mine just tightened back into place and everything's good. Some people have pain. Some people just don't like looking at their body. They don't feel sexy when their body isn't back right away to how it used to be. And when you're not feeling sexy, you're not really in the mood to have sex. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, I have one question before you even go more because, and then we're going to open it up. So, but but it's that, so the first thing, communication, 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 but my impression is that it's really hard to communicate when you don't understand what's happened to your body, when you don't understand where your old body went, when you don't understand, like, because you, and then you've got all those emotional layers on top. Like, I know nothing about about the, the physiological and all of that, but I know that the emotional stuff of being a mom, particularly for that first year, 
is is like trizzle trazzle, my head's going to explode. <laughs> How's that for a question? <laughs> Your head's going to explode. So, yeah, our heads do can often feel like they are going to explode. We have this little innocent baby that depends on us for every waking minute, and we're exhausted. And so when I say communication, what I mean is, as a therapist, I'm a, I'd like to talk about feelings. So always start with the feelings, especially when you don't know what you're feeling. So if you don't know what you're feeling, then the feeling is, I feel unsure. Or when you're talking to your partner and they're really turned on by your body that you don't find sexy anymore, to say, I feel gross or I feel uncomfortable or... Um, I feel icky, or okay. I, feel, I know I, feel, I have to open it up to you guys. But there's another question. So, okay. so you're like, I feel gross. I'm exhausted. I have a baby that I'm breastfeeding. I mean, I wrote down breastfeeding because it's yeah. like your your body is yeah. somebody else's for this period right. of time. Yeah. And now, but you now you have maybe a husband that's looking or a partner that's looking at you, going, but you've never been sexier. Yeah. So where do you go with that? You, no, you first, and then we'll we'll find there. We'll find out what. Um, Jen well, then and Ashley's experiences Then are. there's like a sexual desire discrepancy. A sexual it, desire, discrepancy. <laughs> desire discrepancy. That could be the name of the podcast, right? Yeah. I think we have, I have that. Desire discrepancy. Yeah, for sure. So one wants it more than the other. Definitely. So in, in some cases, and I want to hear more about what's going on for you, but one's tired and the other one just wants it all the time. And it goes either way. I've heard it from, <laughs> yeah. I've heard it from the mom that's breastfeeding and is like, can't get enough. And, Feeling sexy, yeah. And right. feel so sexy that her body Power. just did this right. amazing thing. And then, so you're... So that's that a yes? Yeah. Oh, this is a perfect <laughs> combo yeah. then. Totally, yeah. Okay, wait. So I'm going to put you on for right away, like sex after baby, just like sort of the big picture, big questions. But one more question for the sex therapist. I don't even want to put you in the sex therapist role, but I have to. What <laughs> percentage of couples don't have sexual desire discrepancy. I mean, how right. often are people in sync? Or how almost I, all the time. It's like um how it's like how often do people have the exact same sleep and wake up schedule? Right, it can't be. So so that's tired at the desire exact same discrepancy time. has right. to be just one of those relationship things Standards. that come and go all mm-hmm. the time. If you're in sync for a month or a year, mm-hmm. there's that's you're going to lose that maybe sometime unless you're I mean, it's very common. It, it it happens all the time. The majority of men. Yeah, it's just learning how to communicate and work through that so one doesn't constantly feel rejected. Right. Uh, and attending to each other's feelings. Or okay, so, like a piece yeah, of I mean, Desire like, discrepancy. So I don't know if it's really, like, desire discrepancy. So after having a baby, I was scared to have sex because I was like, how is this going to happen when a baby just came out of there? (laughs) So I had to really feel, like, ready before that happened again. And when it happened, it was was great. Now it's kind of like, you know, I'm not feeling 100% myself because I'm busy and I don't always get to take care of myself like I would like to. But my husband's always like, Ashley, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, like, and I, I don't say anything. And he's like, why are you not saying anything? Like, you know, you're beautiful. And so I guess it's just me feeling a little bit insecure about how I feel. And so that runs into the whole, like, sex versus no sex. And a lot of times with our busy mom lives and, you're the, and the working, no sex happens. And so I don't know. I just feel like just being a mom, it's hard to let it happen. Um 
I don't know, someone else. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, All that's right. on my list no. of questions is, you know, time, logistics, giving, 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 right. pre-baby body, post-baby yeah. body. So I feel or like... Seeing, sorry. Or seeing yourself, how your partner is seeing you. He's right. looking that's at you. Right, that's the hardest you. part. He's looking at you like you're so beautiful and right. he wants to have sex with you and you're thinking the exact opposite where you're not even responding right. when he says something because it's almost, well, you tell me, why aren't you responding and what is it that you actually feel when he says it? I think I just don't feel like how I used to feel, so that's why I'm not responding. It's not that I don't want it. It's just that I'm tired. I know that's really sad. You but I'm, other I'm tired. I got other things going on. Yeah. yeah that's that's huge. It's and has, for you it hasn't even been a year right. that you've that your whole life changed. Exactly. So it's expected that you're gonna be tired and you know what? That's okay. Right. Okay, so in, okay, I, I mean I just feel like we have to just take everything we can. What well, one more question? <laughs> <laughs> when 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 you need a transition time, like you said, it's not even a year. And I always say to, to, to moms, especially when dads are here, you, you have to give moms time to grow into this role that's flipped everything upside down and backwards. Dads, their lives have changed. Their sense of responsibility has changed. Their sense of commitment, everything has changed for them too. But they still, in some ways, keep the old pattern of their old life where you may not have that old pattern. So how long, how, 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 as you communicate through the, I'm not, I need more time, how does the other person hear that so that they don't feel rejected? That's a really hard question to answer because each person psychologically will have a different level of rejection um, and neediness. Mm-hmm. depending and there's so many things psychologically because how your partner views motherhood how your partner sees motherhood as sexy or not sexy and looking at his own relationship with mother his mother like something was taken away from him from his partner now yeah. becoming envy attention um, attention yeah. yeah and the same thing for yourself do you view motherhood as sexy and if not then how does that energy show up in your relationship and Mm -hmm, in the bedroom or the couch or the shower honestly it's it's weird although you know I haven't really had that need to you know have sex because I've been so busy although sometimes I do so for you viewers don't (laughs) think that I don't want to (laughs) um I actually have never felt sexier being a mom. Like, I really, truly feel extremely sexy. So I guess I have to deal with, like, myself as, like, Ashley and, like, getting into a good place and feeling good. But me as Ashley as a mother, I feel very sexy. So I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Because you are. Thank you. And so are you guys. But you I mean, ha- as your body, your body image? Is Not even body what image. Just getting, like, my whole, like, mental state, like... You know, I'm, I'm working, and so at the end of the day, after I come home from work and I'm taking care of Jordan, the last thing I want to do is, like, have fun in bed. I just want to, you know, relax and have some me time because I'm lacking that me time. So I think because I don't have that me time, mm-hmm. the time with my husband kind of gets a little bit jaded because I don't have that time for myself. That's a really That's self-care. healthy yeah. um, insight Yeah, to have yeah. self-care, self-stimulation even – 
like goes to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really I've, just taking care of yourself. I've heard of some moms who kind of like tell their husbands that they haven't been cleared by the. I did not do this, but they haven't been <laughs> cleared by the doctor yet because they're not ready. Mm-hmm. To, to have up. sex, yeah, but it, I it does. That. It sounds messed up. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like it's but it happens. Up. And like you said in the beginning, Ashley, is that you were scared I the was. first time. Yeah, and for many people, I know for myself, it was extremely painful. Scar tissues, stitches. It was pretty. I needed wine and painkillers, and I mean, like Motrin. But it was yeah pretty. Good Intense point. and painful. Okay, jump and I okay. That. I'm like jumping to talk. Okay, okay. so, <laughs> so, my like leading like pregnancy for me was great, but like leading up to the like actual labor and stuff, I was just very uncomfortable. So you could, sex was lacking for sure, or it was felt more like a chore. So I couldn't wait to get back to like having sex without like a big baby belly. <laughs> like I in my head mentally, that was like my excitement. So um, when we were cleared you know you have this kind of anxiety and you like oh my gosh it's going to be so painful it's going to hurt and it's not going to be the same and I think like I just went into it feeling like it was going to be so bad and then I was like what am I afraid of Mm -hmm. and it felt way better than I remembered and I felt so excited by it that it just made me enjoy it more and I think that first experience was like what I needed to get back on the wagon to like putting effort into it and when David and I were alone that's what we like made time for in the very beginning because that was like our alone time there was no distractions it was like boom like we're doing this <laughs> and, it, and it was more so like you know very business deal like are we doing it yes <laughs> and um the time this, is now yeah right, when you're but, a new parent that's what you have that's what you have to do right because you don't know like where you're on a time crunch it's like could be a feed in like 15 minutes right so um, I think that was like a really good start for us. But there's just days where, you know, you're so drained or you're so exhausted mm-hmm. or you're so stressed or you just feel like you don't, you're not in the mood. And I think what I always forget is like once I get to that point, like one of us kind of like, li- we're like coaching each other, like living each other up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why don't we do this more often? Right. <laughs> because right. I, I just feel like it's such a mental like relaxer. Yeah. But, um, you know. It's just so crazy, too, because your body goes through so much as a from pregnancy to labor, delivery to recovery, that it's like, it's just so incredible to look at your vagina. I'm saying mm-hmm. vagina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and think. But the right word is, is it vulva? Or, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, it's called, it's called, it's called a vulva. To look at your vulva. And, I know, it feels so funny. It I should have brought my vulva puppet. <laughs> Next time. Next time we'll bring the vulva puppet. Yeah. Um, but to just think of, like, the journey it's had, I almost feel like I want to bring... Um, oh, that's so fun. Yeah. To celebrate the journey that your body has been yeah, through. Yeah. I'm, like, really proud of the body. Yeah. Like, go it's body. Amazing. I agree. Yeah. I agree. You're right. So I feel like if you take away the emotion, like, going back to what you said about it being, like, a very emotional piece, and you take that away, and you just, like, make it very black and white, like, we're doing this, and it's fun, mm-hmm. you simplify it, then I feel mm-hmm. like you enjoy it more. And you So did you yeah. kind of have an agreement that one of you would take the responsibility of encouraging the other to, totally. to have fun? Yeah, and, and you know, my husband and I have been together for over 10 years, so, like, we've seen each other in every level of life, like, high highs and low lows, so we know how to, like, trigger each other, which is really great, but it can also... 
like when we're clearly not in the mood and it's like not happening, I have to just be like super direct, like, no, (laughs) (laughs) tomorrow. (laughs) Or like, give me, give me an hour or I'm feeling a little bloated. (laughs) But, um, yeah. And I think it goes back to what you said too, about like communication and, um, you know, there's just days where if you're, if you're like drained from working, I'm working too. And it's, like, how, like, to look back and think, like, reflection. Like, I did all of this in one day, and you want me to have sex now? Right. Well, sorry, right. but it's okay. It sounds yeah. sad. Like, yeah. we should want, like, it's fun. You know, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. it is. But it's, because it's so common. And actually, a uh, new mom the other day just said, I, I, she says, that doesn't even cross my mind. And I said, that's exactly it. You really need to put in an app, put an app in your phone or do something to make yourself think about it. Give yourself a moment in the day where you just I love that think about it mm. because when you're not thinking about it all day you wake up in the morning you give a bottle and you feed and you do this run 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 go to work and you come home it has never been on your mind then all of a sudden your partner's like all right here we go and you're like wait what right mm-hmm. wait it hasn't been on my mind mm. so if you actually make a conscious decision put a, a reminder in your phone um then it kind of brings it back to the brain, to the forefront. It's yeah. not just like, yeah, what no, do you I think mean? that's great. Okay, okay. But I can imagine um, just, and, and it's funny because we don't have this conversation often in mommy and me classes. Disclosure. <laughs> <but. laughs> Disclosure. <laughs> but so what I, I, you know, I'm hearing you say how wonderful to re- reawaken that part of you that got put on hold or put on the back burner. But then you feel the exhaustion and you feel, and I could hear listeners out there thinking, you know, like, oh, Right. Like, I don't even want to reawaken it because it's so overwhelming. So when either person is feeling some resistance to to even stirring up desire, how do you help people talk about that? Or how do you help people? You know, I'm thinking about communication matters, but I can also imagine moms or dads just being in complete avoidance, you know. So how to... How do you, how do, how you, do you push re- through resistance? Yeah. So give or me, do you? So give me an example of what resistance would be. Because like you say set the timer and somebody's out there going, no, like, shh, don't wait. Well, what would be the resistance, right? Is it that? Oh, good point. Like there's well, the therapist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's hard for me to answer that question right. without knowing what, <laughs> the they're, what, yeah. what they're resistant about. Well, go ahead. So talk about how you would ask those questions that we don't get to or friends don't even get to um, because we're not so aware. We don't have that self-awareness that says this isn't just about time. This isn't just about exhaustion. This is about how you're feeling about yourself, how you're feeling about your partner, how you're feeling about changes in your life. How you're feeling about yourself, in-laws, family members, uh, nannies, finances is huge. After you have a baby, the amount of men who come in and say, holy cow, all I think about is numbers, 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 yes, and now yes. diapers, 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 diapers. Yes, yes. That is a huge <laughs> stressor for men. And the biggest cause of penis problems is anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety. So Okay, so let's give, yeah. out, give a shout out to anxious dads out there who might be feeling like they've lost a piece of whatever they used to have with this new reality. You're not alone. You're absolutely right. Kids are expensive. Communicate with your wife, your partner. They will be a teammate if you're just honest. They're not we're not mind readers. We don't know 
what's going on inside your brain. And you don't have to be a hero. And you won't be judged for your vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Me too. It's it. so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. I mean, I feel like everybody's going to like run out and sign up for, for marriage therapy after this, for totally. couple therapy, because it's so helpful to realize how, how much mutual support couples give each other emotionally, physically, in, in every possible way when you get yourselves on healthy tracks. Yeah. And how often is, all, is enough? And you're, oh, I get it, this question all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're going to hate my answer. I need to know. There's no magic number. It's every single couple has a different recipe for what makes them successful sexually. Every couple. So your number could be we need it five times a week, where your number could be like three, eh, two, okay, one, and someone, and someone else, and someone what else could say, I don't like, know, but thank you for being honest. Yeah. yeah. There's no magic number. It's what's right for the two of you. Right. And again, that's desire discrepancy. Your husband could say, I want it every day of the week. Something's wrong with my wife. She doesn't want it every day. And then the wife's like, I mean, I do it three times a week. So is something wrong with me? I'm like, no, you just have... Well, we just had we had that come right. up as we were telling everyone that the podcast was coming up, and and I said, and I want to do a one with dads because oh, yeah. clearly their perspective is different than than mom perspective. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it is. That's another question I have for you about gender differences. But the one mother said, my husband thinks every day is normal. I, I think he should be thrilled with three times a week. Could you just bring him in and tell him that he's getting plenty? So it's a how, how do you deal with expectations that you have for one another? Right. I say communication. <laughs> yeah. Come into my office and let, let your partner know. And it's funny because sometimes when it gets really heated, then... One partner will blame the other one. Well, something's wrong with you. You don't want it enough. Well, something's wrong with you. You want it too much. And there's really no such thing. It's just finding a compromise. And that's what we do in marriages. We find something that works. Like, neither of you are right. Neither of you are wrong. It's what's going to work for this marriage at this time. Yeah. I, I find that I'm having sex more now than before. Is that normal? Because I always anything is. Yeah. You're smiling. You're smiling. But I just feel like, you know, there's that that blanket stereotype, like, oh, once you have kids, you're never gonna have sex. Like my gynecologist told me that the day I got pregnant. Have sex now, you won't when the baby's born. And I feel like running to her office and being like, you're wrong, or am I wrong? Well, and I think that's why this podcast matters so much. And that's why Rebecca out there changing the world, you know, one couple at a time makes a huge difference because I feel like so much of this is about expectations, about cultural norms, Mm -hmm. about all of this stuff versus find what makes you happy, find what works for you. I mean, we say it all the time in terms of your relationship with your children. Like, please don't ask your children to be anything than who they are Mm -hmm. and find that relationship and that your relationship with your child will be different than your husband's relationship with the child. And there's no one right. Mm -hmm. But finding that, that sense of what's honest and true for you and then living through the struggles of what shouldn't be true for me. Like, they're like, no other mother's feeling this way for my child. I mean, it, of course, it's true for couples, I guess, as well, is, you know, no other couple, you know, like, I'm not normal because I, I want it too much or I don't want it enough, so. And then what you just said, being honest. If you're not honest with yourself and you're not honest with your partner about not being in the mood, I hear this all the time, too, is I do it, but I really don't want to, or I'm not in the mood, or it hurts, or because I know he wants it. 
Is that really being fair, though? Well, that's that's a really great question, I think, to put on the table. Yeah. So what do you guys think? You go for it. You go first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I mean, I think it goes back to, like, communication. And if you feel comfortable saying no and being firm with the no or sharing the why behind the way you're feeling... Yeah, like just just go with your gut. Like I feel comfortable really putting, or if I didn't like something that transpired, mm-hmm. you're like I didn't really like that. Or mm-hmm. afterwards, like you know, I'm just not really into that position. Yeah, <laughs> and positions and, is so important right. after giving birth too. Yes, and while pregnant. Yeah, right. Because you have to get super creative with how super. your body is changing. Yes, right. So if you're not telling your partner, eh, that's uncomfortable. Right. right. you're going to be the one left uncomfortable. Totally. No, I agree exactly with what you said. Communication is key. I feel like that's, like, the theme of, like, this whole night. I feel very comfortable with my husband. I'm very happy to say, no, I don't want something. No, I don't like something. Or, yes, this is great. And so, I don't know. I just feel like, I guess, when you're in a good good relationship, you have a good partnership. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's healthy sex. Yeah. yeah. Are there flags for the person who that will will end up resentful um, that they're doing something they don't want to do or they're being obliging because they want to, whatever. The question that you asked in the beginning of, you know, what if the person who's doing, who's saying yes, but they don't mean yes. Are there flags for knowing when, you know, it's that idea that, oh, sometimes you have to open yourself to having sex so that you know you're going to have a... You, so that you know, oh, I remember it. It's fun. It's good. Right. So that's the one. Like, just try it and do. see. Uh-huh. Versus, okay, respect your... Be really honest that, you know, that you don't want to participate in right. something yet. So I'm not sure exactly what you're asking, but what I'm thinking is... But I'm going to tell you anyway. When... And when you're being honest and you're saying, I'm not really in the mood, I don't really feel like it, and you are being true to yourself, but then your partner starts to feel like it's turning into an avoidance. It's now like, okay, it's six months, Mm -hmm. seven months. It's going on and on. Then it's important for the other partner to start asking questions and saying it makes them feel. Like, I'm I'm feeling a little lonely, I, I'm really wanting my partner back or even just, like, in bed more touching or, like, what's going on with you? Let's talk about it. Perfect. I don't know if that's what you It, it is. Only yeah. because, you know, I mean, it's, I, I, you know, I've heard so many situations over the years that's just sort of like, you know, like, oh, he just, you know, and we always do it jokingly. Mm-hmm. But, but what you are reminding us all is ask questions. Ask about feelings. Make the connection. I mean, it really, as always, comes down to see me, hear me, love me. Mm-hmm. It comes down to I see you and I see myself in order to bring myself to the table mm-hmm. and, and acknowledging one another in that space. So it's powerful, but I also think that I know in parenting, it's the hardest skill to develop. And so I imagine in relationships, it's that thing that if, until you have the tools... Until it becomes habit, it can be really hard. Yeah, you're really just, you're, you are. You're talking about see me, hear me, love me. And we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to be understood. And, you know, when I have conversations with my husband and I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell you something. And all I need you to say is, I hear you. 
Yeah. And you're going to need that with Frankie. So practice with me. Right. <laughs> You'll do it with her. Right, right. Um, and, but I, I, can't, I still have to, like, remind right. him and tell him because it's not his natural instinct. He'll want to fix it. Men like to fix your feelings. Oh, you're upset? Let me fix it. What could I do? Right. And, and I that's hate that. We're oh, I, I can't. That's we my all, hot button. We all hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not what we're looking for. Right. We, we just want to be understood. It's funny you say that because I just told my husband a story before we came here. And I was like, I prefaced it with, I just want to vent. So mm-hmm. just hear me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I needed to say that because yeah. it would turn into like, well, what do I need to do to fix this? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So. Or how he felt about it and putting right. his opinion in it. And you don't right. want to hear that. Right. No. right. I'm not here to make you feel better. Right. Right. Yeah. You're just here to listen right now. And men are if so I want different. Your advice, I'll ask. But we are th- men different? Are men different? We're from that from a therapist point of view. Men and women are different. Women and women are different. When we I see women couples and men and men couples. Uh, so we're all different. But as far as learning, understanding emotionally, um, yeah, we need to kind of teach our partners how we like to be loved. And we all like to be loved and we all feel loved differently. And... That's across the board, men or women. Right. I get that. And we're all sensitive, right? (laughs) Yes. When people say, oh, this person's so overly sensitive, or you're being so overly sensitive, that kills me. Because we all feel. But some people know how to express it better than others. Verbalize it, express it, understand it, and some people avoid it. But we all feel. We're human. Right. Okay, so we've talked about exhaustion. We've talked about priorities after having a baby. We've talked about shifts in demands and expectations on ourselves, on our partners, um, how overwhelming it is. But we're sitting here with a sex therapist and a relationship therapist that we can ask anything of. So what do you think, Jen? So we have a very large golden noodle. Do you know where I'm going with this? Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. so on the bed, on the bed, uh-huh. he is a prince. We uh-huh. have we had to get a king size bed for this this prince because uh-huh. he needed to <laughs> we needed to accommodate him, and he is a sex hindrance in my opinion mm-hmm. because my husband is shy and thinks it's rude to do anything in front of him, okay. or we have to let him leave the room, and yeah. it's for me it makes me not feel as spontaneous, right? Okay. So what is your advice for situations like that? Okay. For doodle drama. Doodle so, drama. Okay. I love that. So, sex with a doodle. So the doodle. <laughs> <laughs> doodling while the doodle. Okay. The doodle. Doodle's on the bed and you try to be spontaneous and you're saying your husband then stops what's going on and. Yeah, we'll just like let him out of the room. But I feel like to me okay. it like gets it me out of my groove. Yeah. Okay. So the problem is that it gets you out of your groove. What would happen if you kept the dog? My husband wouldn't be able to focus. He'd be out of his groove. Yeah, okay. he'd be distracted. So and which... hearing him like panting, like. <sighs> okay, <laughs> it's really about whose situation is more uncomfortable. Would your husband be able to s- start to focus and be able to stay erect, or would you be able to get back in the moment? Because if and that's what I've been doing. Okay. It's just getting back. It's really, it. okay. Yeah. Stay, stay as is. Yeah. Okay. That's. 
Sounds, sounds doable. Well, and it's yeah. fun because I think there's so many doable. situations that it's like, well, if he would only do this, I wouldn't have to do this. Right. But yeah. the bottom line is, you know, we understand in this short conversation that we've had with you that you're going to bounce back in. You're going to be interrupted and lose your focus a little bit, but you'll be back in. Totally. <laughs> right. You're able to get back <laughs> in the mindset. So like, well, no. Well, because like I said, it's what I say about penis problems, anxiety. So as soon as a man gets in their head, he starts thinking about the dog and then focusing on the sound of the breath that the dog, <laughs> the panting, then you're done. Like, penis problem. I think that's, like, how I felt but about, like, my daughter hearing us have sex. Mm-hmm. So in the big... tell everyone how old your daughter is. She's nine months. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. It's so silly. But I think in the beginning, you know, like... We had our we had our daughter sleep in our room for a while, and then once she hit two months, I was like, "We need our privacy. We need to be together." She's moving into her room, mm-hmm. but you still kind of like go in your head a little bit, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, does she hear what's going on?" Not that she would have any and would idea. Would it be terrible? I mean, there's right. a really good question, right? Yeah, but like, I don't know. So what? I guess what advice would you give a new parent, even with a child younger than nine months? That or older. Or older. That yeah. they just at like, what point? Yeah. At what point is they know? hearing parents? Right. So that they... Go ahead. Yeah, you just take it anywhere you want. <laughs> um, for your baby less than a year, I would say if you're having sex, go and enjoy it. If you can. If you're stuck in your mind, then you're going to have to find a way to feel comfortable, get her a white noise machine that's really loud... <laughs> One in her room, one in your room, whatever's going to make you relax. Right. Because your mind has to be relaxed in order to get the blood flow down, get orgasmic. So it's really about you being comfortable. <laughs> if you can't get comfortable, then that's a problem. And then if there's, and I could just imagine this as sort of a social media conversation, you know, like what if your kids hear you, how ter- you know, should, how quiet do we have to be if you have a toddler or a preschooler? I mean, and, and the whole preschooler situation, I mean, I'm here to say preschoolers will tell the whole oh, class sure. whatever, <laughs> whatever they hear or see. So careful of that. But, but beside yeah. that public moment. I don't treat a lot. Of, I don't treat any kids. So I, I'm treating some sexual abuse. Sure. And situations. Um, I but would say generally speaking, five. I mean, they don't have to. It's not like it's. It's not this horrible. Oh, we we can't let our children hear us. No. I mean, there's there's no. no they, taboo. I've heard of children getting scared. I heard scary sounds coming from your room, and you can be mindful of being scary. Chi- yeah. <laughs> waking right. up your child. You want them to have a peaceful okay. right. sleep. Um, but as far as. Yeah, you, get, you, you can send them yeah. off to grandma for those nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I have another question for you, and that is before we put on the mic, you were talking about, you had asked me what words we can or can't say on the podcast, mm-hmm. and you said you had spent 10 hours desensitizing yourself in, in your training so that you could talk about anything that any, would come up in a session. My question for you is how do you help um, lay people mm-hmm. and, and couples talk candidly and openly when the, when if you as therapists have had to go through a desensitizing and really get comfortable with words and with descriptions, how do you help everybody else? Right, so we, I always just, Start with feelings. But I, I, I yes, yeah, start with feelings. <laughs> but I start with naming that exact issue, which is 
Name and force. Uh, name and force. This is like, is, how do we name emotions for kids? Which is, is, I know that this sounds uncomfortable, so when I say vagina, or when I say clitor- clitoris, when I say penis or oral sex, I know that you're going to feel something, and that's okay, and then they usually start giggling, and <laughs> you'll see by the second and third session, you'll be able to say, oh, it was an awesome blowjob. You'll be able to say that fairly quickly, so it's... You get, you get used to it, yeah. Practice, yeah. And find and and find the right word. Find the words that that capture the essence. Right. Of Everybody what you're has different names for things. So, like <laughs> like you said, I went through this training where I had to get desensitized from everything that was the most vanilla type of sex to the most violent type of sex, and so then when anybody would come into my office, I would be able to understand exactly what they were talking about the language that they were using and everybody everybody really does have a different word for penis and vagina so like what but I would (laughs) thank you uh I don't know pickle or little pickle or people come up with nicknames sometimes for each other's the um the JJ the JJ is a big one uh but I just stick to the anatomical names and keep it consistent and sometimes they'll switch to mine but or I'll try to say oral sex and not blow job but my clients can say blow job or if that's what they want to say you have an awesome job yeah it is fun can I shadow you I know (laughs) it's a fun job it sounds like you're having a lot of fun at home yeah yeah Yeah, I'm busy Um, it's also fun to when we were talking before about exhaustion or I was talking about making a reminder in your phone to um, just think about sex or think about what turns you on about your partner. That's a good one, too, if um, you like the smell of your partner. So thinking about that smell or smelling his cologne or deodorant. And, um, or there's a certain pajama or outfit that you like, like picturing him or her, if there's guys that they're listening, in that. So... But there's also really fun apps out there. Um, I think... Uh, oh, please name them. Yeah. There's one I recently came across. It's Flirty Emoji, and it has, like, naughty ones and dirty ones. And just to send, like, a little flirty text during That's the fun. day. Keep keep sex on the brain, on your brain, on your partner's brain. And that yeah. kind of... It's foreplay. Foreplay starts... From the second you wake up in the morning, it's all day. So if you're like bickering in the morning, you get the kid, and you get the kid, and ugh, then that's not sexy. Or who is supposed to make breakfast? And little on your rushing, then it's not getting the juices flowing for when you actually have sex. Foreplay isn't just in the bedroom, oral sex, touching, licking. It's all the other stuff. It's for some people. It's oh, you help me clean the dishes in the sink. Boom, right there. You are wet and want to do it on the kitchen floor. Okay, so let's talk about that from a mom point of view. It it does seem, I mean, I don't, and we could talk about this, those things that women don't get are sexy to guys that aren't just sexy, sexy, but talk about those turn-ons for most, most women, um, moms, house, people who are managing all that stuff. I think when daddy is just being playful is like the most sexy thing and just, in with, with Jack and just really like he's taking charge he's feeding him he's cleaning up he's you know following my routine and we're it's just like that that onboardness makes it so much 
so much of a turn on. He's yeah. he's showing you that he's right. your partner. Right. He is your teammate in this adventure that you just right. birthed. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like that's like uh, t- like t- 20 million points in my eyes. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. My husband has like surpassed any expectation of being just unbelievable and so when I see him with Jordan and being a wonderful dad and see him you know working hard for our family it's so sexy Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely a turn on yeah I would say like the opposite of that like when you like need dad more than ever they're not getting it Mm -hmm. and you're like hello Mm -hmm. is this thing on Mm -hmm. (laughs) um that's like the negative points but right definitely Mm -hmm. actually this is this is kind of strange, but recently, you know, like we're, we have a child and we're really trying to budget and we want to make sure that we have enough for whatever we need. And so recently I told him when he was, you know, working with our finances and we were saving money, I was like, wow, this is really, you're very sexy right now. And so he <laughs> thinks that when like he needs, when we're like saving money or he goes to the grocery store and he uses a coupon or something, he's like, look, Ashley, I saved this money. Is that sexy? <laughs> and it's so cute and it is you know so he listened yeah Yeah. so I think listening yeah like listening to us and how we feel and what we need it's really sexy he listened and he understood it and then he followed through right the follow through this could work right he He used a coupon (laughs) (laughs) it is and it shows that spiral of of when when things are clicking and the positive affirmation right and the positive feedback she Ashley said something positive to mm-hmm. her husband, and he then felt good, and then he wanted to keep doing it, and there you have it. So before we do our wrap-up, my question then is sort of like this umbrella, and I'm, and I'm going to have you guys answer it too, if you don't mind, it, and that idea is like, why does sex matter in a relationship? Oh, so many reasons. Um, intimacy, connection, closeness, understanding, um, what is intimacy when you break down the word into me see right seeing me and that's what this podcast is right and so whatever the extent of the physical sexuality everyone gets to choose that but you still want that some level of touch and and physical and emotional intimacy. you don't need to orgasm when you have sex some people think that's the goal or the point but I challenge you to try to connect and just do it for fun without the goal being orgasm and see what happens to you spiritually. Okay, you just lost or, every type A personality. Like, okay, whoa. <laughs> I said, I challenge you. You don't have to take the challenge, but seeing what that's like. And if you can even make it that far, because some will say, like, nope, I need to do this or get out my toy or whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do, but... Yeah, it's it's uh it doesn't have to be the goal. I love it. And so as first time moms with babies under one, how does sex and, and relationship and marriage and family and baby all fit together for you? For us, I, it keeps our connection strong and it helps us communicate intimately without speaking and I feel like that's like our our, that's just like expressing our love is it's that's how we do it but um you're in your couple bubble yeah and like we're it's just like our rhythm it's not mine I'll tell you where I got borrowed that from (laughs) yeah Yeah. say that again because I think that's a really great takeaway for everyone okay in the book wired for love he he talks about uh, it's a great book 
great relationship book. It'll help your relationship if you need it. Uh, he talks about being in a couple bubble, having each other's back, where it's just you, where anywhere, it's you versus the world. Anywhere where you go, you know you are in that bubble with your partner and that support and that teammate, and that's what you were talking about, is when you're a team, mm-hmm. it really turns you on. Yeah. And that's what's so special to you about your Exactly. Yeah, it just, like, keeps us leveled. And that's where we always feel, like, on the same page. You know, when you... When you have like a conversation with someone, you're like, hmm, something felt off or it just didn't feel the same. Like, I feel like when when you're intimate and you just feel like, wow, that was we needed that. Like that was, that was we were so overdue for that. It just right. keeps Good that reboot. love alive. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think you know when you have a child, the focus is on the child, and sometimes you forget like why you are together in the first place. And so being intimate and being connected makes you think about like how it was in the beginning which is such a special feeling yeah um and I don't know every single time you know we are intimate and we are together I have those butterflies like I get excited like I was excited in the beginning and I think it's just so necessary in every relationship to be able to mm-hmm. have that time yeah just remind each other of of who you are who you were yeah like every when a new couple comes in I say tell me about when you first met how you felt about each other, and tell me about the first time you had sex. Right. <laughs> so true. That's a really great, just a great, you know, like we, we do so many family stories within our families, the things that, that hold us together that become part of our identities. And that, I, you know, we do it with our kids, but to do it as a couple, you know, the first time you had sex, it's such a great, it's a great way to, it's a great, nice, nice thing to do after you finish listening to this podcast. Yeah, I'm going to send my husband invites Tonight, like, through email, that says, like, couple bubble. And so we know, like, on our phone, we always, so it pops up every day, like, reminders. Or how many times a day. I love that. That was great. Yeah. I love it. So the wrap-up is always the same. How have you got this? For right here, for right now. Um, Sex after baby. It's important. It feels better than I thought. Um, And it's definitely um, just something that I think makes you feel even more connected after this little, tiny, beautiful human came into the world. Love it. Yeah, it's definitely, it keeps us together emotionally and spiritually, but it's a bond that makes our family feel strong. I love it. Yeah. Sex is what helps you stay connected to your partner, and when you can really see each other, then your whole family energy feels connected. And it's important to take care of your partner first, in my opinion. Over children. Over children. Well, you want to protect them, but of yeah, course. you have to... Protect the coupleness. Protect the couple. Because you don't want to lose that. As a ch- right. You're, lose that focus. you're modeling that to your child. I love it. Yeah. Well, and that's Rebecca Ginder, who is practicing all kinds of amazing... Um, couple therapy, anxiety therapy, all kinds of great stuff in Delray. And Boca. it is at, it's a Boca. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is at Royal Palm. Yeah, because it's I, at Royal okay. Palm. Um, and it's at Re- RebeccaGinder.com. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. <gasps> Rebecca just remembered something really important to share uh, for those that aren't finding sex after baby as easy and as fearless as the moms who were here tonight. So, yeah, I wanted to mention that it's so important to ask questions and talk to your OB because there are all these new technologies out there 
Um, there's one specifically, I know that Dr. Stern locally in Boca has it. It's called Thermiva, and it helps with tightening. It helps, so if you're feeling really loose after giving birth and you're not having any more kids, so it helps with tightening. It helps with lubrication, so if you're feeling dry, which sometimes happens, and that can help with menopause as well, or incontinence, a lot of times after delivering a baby... Um, I hear moms who pee while sneezing, jumping, jumping jacks, um, and this really helps with the incontinence. So Thermiva is a good one, but also pelvic floor muscle exercises. So (laughs) almost every OB now is in contact or has one in their office, a physical therapist who will teach you actual pelvic floor exercises that are like the correct way to Kegel. To get you zipped up, back in shape, and um, to help with the incontinence. I feel like so we're all keegling right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reminder, keegle. Keegling. Don't stop. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, 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 one more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.